and welcome to the Autism News Network podcast. My name is Dr. Frampton Gwinnett. You can follow us on theautismnewsnetwork.com. You can follow me at Dr. Gwinnett on Instagram and Twitter. We're joined today by two special guests. These are Hall of Famers to the Autism News Network, Clay Sign. Hey, Clay. Hello. And Josh Miller. Uh, Hello. Both- hey, Josh. These guys are both veterans of the podcast. Uh, we love having them on. Um, and getting insights from them. And uh, we've been building up to this show for quite a while because today we're going to talk about independence. And um, as everyone in the audience knows, it makes sense that children who have autism grow up to become adults. Um, the tough part is we don't always plan ahead like we could. So I brought in two experts who are going to share their thoughts and viewpoint on the topic of autism and independence. So, um, Clay and Josh, you guys know kids with autism grow up, um, but what unique challenges do adults with autism face? Um, I know for me, um, personally, um, you know, I mean, it seems like now there's a lot of programs out there, you know, for kids, you know, all the way up to, I guess you turn 18, but the minute you turn 18, you know, I don't know, it seems from, from my personal experience, the minute you turn 18, the amount of resources that are available for you just drop like a stone. And depending on what state you live in in this country, it can vary to how much resources are there to help. Right. Yeah, I, I would say that Josh hit the nail on the head with that one. Uh, definitely a instance of just support vanishing it's you have again so many of these programs but as soon as you hit uh uh, what is it they call transition age that's the word where you're no longer a teenager but you're not quite an adult yet either uh you lose a lot of those programs and you gotta start figuring out a lot of this on your own now there is technically some support structure still there but it just so much less than what it was before because you know uh, you've got the um oh think of the children yeah. before turn 18 where everybody's willing to to give a little bit extra to help you out and it's like oh no you're an adult you should have this figured out and it's just so odd that because again this is transition age so you think it would be a transition from this mountain of support to maybe trying to be a little more self-sufficient but no it's it's a cliff yes. it's not a slope it's a cliff and you just go over the edge and uh, that's about it that would be the number one challenge is that you all of a sudden you're in transition age and uh people are telling you oh you haven't done this yet you haven't done that yet you haven't applied for disability for health insurance you should have been doing that years ago it takes years and you're like wait what right when you're in, in school, you have like those instructors and teachers whose job it is to help guide students with disabilities through the education system. But when you become an adult, those people are called social workers. Those people are incredibly overworked and not paid enough and burn out time. And it's just, it's not nearly close to the same thing. It's, I'm, for instance, the main one for me was that, again, that getting health insurance through disability and applying for that 
And uh, it's my second time around on that now. It's been a couple years at least, and we've had to hire a lawyer. The first time they told me, you know, oh, well, you're not really disabled enough. Right. So, well, thanks. I'm cured now. That's that's perfect. <laughs> Government says I'm not actually disabled. I, I must be fine. I'll, I'll just I'll just do that. Yeah, because. And I also feel like too that you know I didn't mean to cut you off there, Doctor Warren, but um, you know I feel like too that what programs are available for adults, you know, you almost have to pay for it. Almost like, you know, the podcast that me and you did with, with social motion, you know, that's the, that's a great group. But unfortunately, like they said in the, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, they hit the nail on the head too. You know, when they said the, the founder, that, you know, insurance won't pay for it. So, you know, people who, who don't have money, <laughs> you know, they can't afford it because, you know, right, if you got to right. pay, if you live, you know, because first of all, you can't really live independent on SSI by itself, not, and especially not in the Charleston area. I feel like, you know, so if you live with somebody, which you almost have to, you know, and they're also not making that much money. So if it comes between food and bills, you know, and, and gas and, you know, everything else, you have to start prioritizing and unfortunately, you know, the couple hundred dollars, you know, for social motion, you know, it's just not feasible. <laughs> right. And there's also this this other cliff or gap between, like you said, the SSI check. Let's say somebody were able to get disability and get the most importantly, the health insurance. But also, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, you get a little bit of income and it's like not quite enough to live independently on. And yet it makes it hard to go out there and get a job because if you earn a certain yeah. amount, you'll lose your disability. It's the delicate balance of being bad off enough that you need help, but not so bad off that you can't actually get by. It's, it's like we're walking a razor's edge. Yeah. And of course, these are, these are just the, the practical, like financial side of it. There's the, there's the entire other emotional side of it after that as well. So it's not even just... You know, can I pay for this? Can I, you know, psych myself up and uh, keep my, my headspace clear and, and good to go? Yeah, that's an interesting thing you picked up on, um, Clay. And, of course, I'm a psychiatrist, so I'll take the bait. But uh, what, it, what are the emotions you go, that, that people can expect, like, when you're struggling for independence, like in terms of self-esteem and so forth? Well, it's, uh, it's kind of, a, again, it's a, it, you shift back and forth from um, being like, you know, oh, I'm so scared that I won't be able to do this. So there's obviously that anxiety and that fear of uh, will you be able to uh, achieve independence. There's uh, some guilt associated with, um, oh, I shouldn't be this much of a burden on the people that I love. Because a lot of times when you can't get those programs to work, um, and I know this actually is uh, rather common in my uh, my generation, let alone uh, people with uh, autism, but you end up mooching off your parents a bit more than, say, you want to. But, yeah, there's the guilt of that where I'm um, having to live in my parents' house and, uh, you know, pay, like, a reduced rent to them because I can't afford what the rent for this room probably actually would cost. Stuff like that. So you have the you have the fear and you have the guilt. 
I also have the frustration because a lot of times um, our cognitive abilities, now this isn't true for everybody, but this is especially true for higher functioning folks, the, our cognitive capabilities are vastly superior to what emotionally we can handle on a long-term basis. Like if I wanted to get a full-time job, mentally, physically, I could do that job. But emotionally, I'm not sure if I would last long. Like I'd probably end up burning out much more quickly. Like I, I, I wouldn't put it past probably six months to a year where I'd, you know, just be completely strung out emotionally and have yeah. a little freak out and have to take two, three weeks off and then cut it, cut my schedule back to, to part-time. Yeah. The times that I have tried to work to full-time, that is what has happened to me. I think you make a great point. And for our audience, as you can clearly tell, these are two brilliant guys. Um, and there's no shortage of cognitive ability. The key is putting all the pieces together emotionally and so forth. And Josh, you, have you had a similar experience um, in terms of the emotional piece? I feel like, you know, the biggest thing for me is you, is I agree with everything Clay said. I mean, but man, I can sum it up in one word as, you know, I feel emasculated <laughs> and it, you know, and it's not intentional, but you know, in society, you know, we, you know, we're always taught that, you know, you know, especially men are, you know, should take care of themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that's the perception. Yeah. And you know, that, you know, we're supposed to be independent and, you know, and, and trust me, I do want to be independent. And when, when that doesn't happen, when, you know, like for me, I'm 33, you know, and, you know, I've, you know, for a variety of reasons, school didn't work out for me. You know, the longest I've ever worked was a year before I got burned out. Um, you know, and it's just, and the stress is, to me, I interpret it as very masculine because, you know, I personally, I mean, I can't speak for everyone on the spectrum, but for me personally, you know, I would love nothing more to, than, you know, not be, you know, to not be a mooch on the government, you know, to not be a mooch on my mom, you know, and, um, you know, and be independent, be financially independent, you know, and to me, what financial independence means, it doesn't mean like these crazy YouTube stars that, you know, that have these mansions and, and these insane Ferraris and Lamborghinis. That's not what financial independence means. You want a, you want an apartment and your place to call your own. That's about it, right? Yeah. I can't stand apartments. So, you know, I would love nothing more. And that's what my mom was, you know, talking about too when I, when I showed her, you know, the other podcast about social motion. You know, you know, it, she and I, and I agree with her that, you know, she believes that, you know, it would actually be cheaper on the government if we had programs in place to help with transition, because mm -hmm. a lot of people like me don't want to be. Well, it's the same thing as many other like medical issues too, isn't just it? Just getting a blank check, you know, every month. Yeah. Now, I would love nothing more than to work for something, you know, right. I don't want something handed to me. I mean, you know, there's no sense of accomplishment or, you know, anything like that. Because to me, a lot of something really very big there, which is, when people work and they get a paycheck, they have self-esteem that comes from that, yeah. an identity and the independence. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you know, that's, you don't, unfortunately you don't get that with just a, um, with just a um, SSI check. 
and don't take me wrong. I'm thankful for, you know, the money. It helps out my mom pays rent, you know, and I'm thankful for, you know, the, the medical insurance. But, you know, again, I'd rather earn my way than, than just have something handed to me. <laughs> yeah. So, so we need more places where people can work um, with support. Exactly. Um, and, because you're going to do the work, just the support needs to be there in the long term so that things can be successful. Well, and again, yeah, no, there's there's so many different sides to this as well in terms of uh, you think about logistics. So if you're thinking about logistics, what you need to have the logistic to be independent is life skills. So we're talking, um, so say you have your job, you've gotten well-adjusted enough, you have a balance of maybe a time and SSI and you go out and you get your own place but you don't drive you don't know how to do your laundry you don't know how to cook you don't know how to keep your your space well maintained enough to where you can actually find the clothes that you need to go to work and keep track of various other you know paperwork or whatever else that you need yeah, calendar or organizational even, skills. Exactly. Finances. So if you don't have any of those skills and you have the financial side set up, that's great for the first couple months. But then you start showing up to work in dirty clothes and you stink and your hair is untrimmed and uh, you got nails the size of you know. It's just it doesn't work long term. You look yeah. like a you look like a hobo. Yeah. So and you- for for some of us, you know, we'd be like, so what? But that doesn't really work in the professional world. You gotta have a baseline standard of, of hygiene and organization to get by. Yeah. And that's and another you really have to have a level above that if you wanna actually thrive. And that's another thing too, you know, I believe that, you know, when you teach life skills, you know, I mean I know how to drive, but um you know, I know how to drive, know how to do dishes and clean clothes and you know, and keep a clean house. But, you know, even I ha- I have a point to where it's going to get clean. I mean, it's not going to get far. But, you know, I where was I going with this? You know, but I believe, too, that, you know, when we go in life skills, you know, we need to teach them how to – I believe how to maintain a car is important to life skills. I believe if you're going to drive a car, you're not going to have much money. I mean, you're just not. So you need to know how to maintain it because AAA costs money. So you need to know how to do the basics. Change a tire. It's just really not that hard. Change oil. Oil, oil yeah. changed, yeah. Oil changes, all those little things that Check add your up. fluids. Yeah. You know, just the simple things. I mean, you know, they, they, you, sh- you shouldn't have to know how to do major mechanical stuff. I mean, because you don't want to mess up your car. But at the same time, you, you should know how to do the basics. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of gaps there. And, um, you know, as you both mentioned that you're living uh, with family. Um, and that employee or sorry, employment options are limited. As a result of that, how much is is loneliness a factor for each of you? I know for me, I, I mean, I struggle with loneliness. And ever since I've moved into this apartment a few years ago, you know, I haven't talked to anyone. This is Joshua Miller at the Autism News Network. If you like this video, please like and subscribe. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.